one. Oh, well, uh, okay, I'm there with uh, Woody. You know, I'm at this bar, and uh, I'm... You know, it's Woody Allen. Did I mention that? Yeah, we yeah. got it. We got it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with Woody, and uh, I say, I turn to him, and I go, uh, boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> Is that how you're going to say it? No, no, I'm working on it. Do it like this. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. No, no, see, that's no good. See, you don't know how to act. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> oh, that was no good? I didn't say anything. Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. This week we are here to review the episode, The Alternate Side. I am Dando. I am Guy. How are we doing there, Dando? All right? Always doing good, particularly after watching The Alternate Side. This has one of my favourite scenes in the history of Seinfeld. I was so delighted to be able to finally get to this moment. I absolutely, uh, I thought this episode was a lot of fun. It, it was, a, it was a, an odd one in the sense that I feel like they had a real combination, a real blend of comedy styles in this episode. You had your, your, your manic, like your George, like usual manic comedy. You had your, your subtle one-liners. And you also had your physical comedy in the sense of, it felt very sitcom where they were trying to wake up. Uh, Owen March, mm. they're trying to make him better. That just felt like something out of like the Mary Tyler Moore Show or like <laughs> I Love Lucy. You know, just that, that kind of that kind of scenario where I, I don't know, it was so absurd, but and it didn't really feel Seinfeldy. But I enjoyed it nonetheless. I was like, Nick and I were sitting there, we were just pissing ourselves laughing. They, they were certainly playing to their strengths uh, in this episode and, and trying a few new things as well, which I really appreciated. Yeah, there's a. Uh, Plenty to enjoy on plenty of levels uh, in the alternate side. Yeah, a very, very funny episode. It's an episode that's known for these pretzels are making me thirsty. Arguably mm-hmm. top three lines in the history of um, of Seinfeld. But I always know this as the scene that features Jerry renting a car. I fucking <laughs> love that scene. <laughs> like that, That's obviously my favourite moment. Like that car rental scene. I could watch that over and over again. I've, <laughs> just, I love it because I've been in that situation. When we got to America, we rented a fucking convertible with a with a with a, where the top can come down, so we can drive to fucking Vegas um, on Route sixty six with the top down, and they didn't have it. And I was like, "But we booked it!" Like, yeah, we run out. Yeah. I'm like, "But we booked it! <laughs> How could you run out if we booked it?" <laughs> it's not like yeah, it's not like we just rocked up and said, "Hey, convertible will be nice." It's like, no, we did everything right. We got yeah. in touch beforehand and said, we'd really like this. In fact, no, we would like this. It's not like, if, if you get it, that'd be fine. It's like, I selected that box. That's what I want. That's what I bought. That's what I want. Please have it ready. I'm giving you plenty of advance notice. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that was not a, a not a fun experience. I was very angry. <laughs> you went Karen on him as you should. Yeah, you should. But I just thought, I just think Jerry in that scene- that's like peak Jerry. Uh, for me, like when you, when you, if you're saying to somebody, you should watch Seinfeld, they go, I don't like Seinfeld. Show them that scene. Because I think it's impossible not to relate to that scene. Even if you've never had that actual experience in your life, it's just so good. It really is. And because, like I said, it's playing to Jerry's strengths and that he's kind of smart and smarmy. And, you know, he does that really well. But he's also in the right here. Exactly. That's what makes it so good because he's, he's speaking for the people. <laughs> Yeah, and he's using his powers for good. 
Yeah, just the and it, it's just the little subtle things like anyone can take them <laughs> with, the, with the with the hand yeah. going. <laughs> it's what's what's important is the holding, <laughs> but the delivery of I don't think you do. That's yeah, that's just the greatest. It's the fucking greatest. <laughs> Enough people have been in that kind of situation yeah. where. You have done everything right or you have done everything you're supposed to do and the other party has just dropped the ball, yeah. you know, and for him, for Jerry to be able to articulate that so well, say exactly what you would like to say in that situation. It's like fucking textbook stuff. You might as well just have that printed on a piece of paper and in your back pocket just in case you get to a place and they say, oh, no, we don't have your tickets. Like, excuse me for one moment, unfold your paper and then just read them that. <laughs> it's... And we've discussed this before. It's why Seinfeld is so relatable because they do and say things that you wish you could do. Like they 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 mm. say what we think. But yeah, as you're saying there, like when someone says to you, "I oh, know, I I understand what you're saying. I don't think you do, don't. because if you understood, <laughs> you'd, it'd be fucking done." Yeah. <laughs> but that to me is honestly, it's almost it's got to be one of my favorite moments in the history of Seinfeld. It's it's besides the Chinese restaurant. This is what really made me fall in love with the show. I was like, this, this moment, this is it. This is why I love this show so much. I thought it was great. I also just loved the, um, a lot of wacky conversations in this. Just like the, when they're trying to wake up Owen and he's like, they're trying to like, should we walk him around? No, that's for drug addicts. Yes. I just had lunch with him. He wasn't taking drugs. Well, he could have dropped acid when you weren't looking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like so, it's so ridiculous, but I just loved it. I was laughing so hard. And the other thing that I loved in a different, a more subtle thing was like, but he wears slippers. He does wear slippers. How'd you know? I know. I just knew. I just, <laughs> I just thought Jerry was in his element in this episode. And it's funny because this is his least favorite episode. He doesn't like this one. Really? Oh, that's odd. Because of the stroke storyline. And I thought, and I too was a little bit uncomfortable when she was feeding him and, and singing him the songs about the Yankee beans. Mm. I was like, oh, this is really demoralizing for, for someone who's actually in this kind of situation. But at least they backed it up with, oh, he was just using her for sex. I was like, good. <laughs> he, he, he got his one up on, on Elaine because she was, she was pretty bitchy in that scenario. Like the way she was sort of just, mo- not mocking him, but just really just not being very nice. And the fact that- it what, ended the whole with, Yankee beans bit? Just, just being very- you know when I say you don't talk down to a child? Well, this guy's a grown man. Like, he's not he's not, not with it. He's, he's fucking really intelligent. Yeah, no, he's still in there, but yeah. It's, it's just, you're talking um, to Yankee Beans, and you're singing this song to him and making him- It's, like, so demoralizing. Well, that's I, the thing. I think, I think it's just Elaine's so uncomfortable in that situation that she doesn't know how to handle, you know, feeding a grown man. So, she sort of reverts to, what do you do in this situation? What do you do when you have to feed someone? Oh, I guess you have, have to sing him a song? Yeah, I, I see what so. you're saying. Yeah, but just it definitely takes away the um the, uh, some of the blow when she, I was just using it for sex, using it for sex. Well, I was like, okay, yeah. that's good. I mean, it's not good, but it, it's nice that <laughs> it, you know it was it didn't just end with him being broken hearted because Elaine just left him in a no. wheelchair. You know? <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention as well was the um was the this was the first appearance of the bike on Jerry's wall. So this now the set oh. is how we really knew it in its iconic years <laughs> because it's always had the bookshelf behind. Now he's got the um the bike on the wall, and so it's just okay, yeah. I watched this and went, <laughs> "All right, we're entering Seinfeld now. This this is it." And yeah. when we got, when, I, when it came it's to on. the car rental scene, I was like, "Oh, this is the moment. This is it. We've, we've hit the we've hit the peak Seinfeld era. I'm so happy now." <laughs> it is indeed a very very good episode. What what are your thoughts on the um? And I'm gonna probably lose fans here. But I was never sold on these these pretzels are making me thirsty. It to me comes across like a an everything's coming up Millhouse kind of line where it's yeah. And I wrote this on Twitter recently. I was like, 
It's fun to say, but is it really that funny? Everything coming at Millhouse has only said once. At least in this episode here, it's the everyone's different version of the line is what makes this funny. But I just think they, by the end of it, I kind of got over it. I, I don't get why it became a meme or yeah, a catchphrase. Yeah, neither do I, really. Yeah. I think it's just because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, it's from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, we're both Seinfeld fans. Uh, I, I just don't get why. Like, no soup for you. I understand why that became a thing. No soup for mm. you is fucking hilarious. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah, take it or leave it. There are something, some catchphrases you can apply in yeah. everyday life. I mean, you know, no soup for you, you can sort of transfer over into something else. You know, when you're denied something. No oh, sex no for you. No soup for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but sometimes it works on the other end of the spectrum as well. And an absolute non sequitur, like these pretzels are making me thirsty. It's like good friends of mine, you know, when we're having a, if the conversation takes like a weird turn or someone brings something up that's kind of awkward or whatever, one of us will always say, you know, there'll be a gap in the conversation. One of us will always say, how about those cats? <laughs> you know, just to sort of like, yeah. By the way, list, international listeners, cats, the Geelong Cats are the local AFL football the local, team. Uh, yeah, local football team on their way to the grand final uh, this uh, coming it's, weekend, by the way. So. It's very, um, very nerve wracking. <laughs> it's like, we should win. Should. Underline should. <laughs> uh, but you could almost do the same with like, oh, there's a lull in the conversation. Someone, you know, just said it's apropos nothing. Boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. And it's like a tension breaker, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's just a shared lingo that everyone who watches Seinfeld does. But you're right. It's not necessarily. It depends on the context in which it's used. Because as you just said it there, that's kind of like how Elaine was using it, right? Mm, that works. Yeah. But using it as a way to vent your anger. Was like Jerry's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. I was like, that's <laughs> not funny. And then like George, when he's stressed out and he's yelling at the window. He's like, these pretzels are making me thirsty. I'm like, that has nothing to do with what you were talking about. It just feels, that feels forced. But the way Elaine used it as a way to try and break the tension or whatever, sort of because she had nothing else to say, that works. Like you were saying in your context with your friends and you sort of Mm -hmm. run out of things to say, it's funny there. But the way Jerry and George use it, it just just felt odd to me didn't work. yeah yeah you're right but um but yeah so this this is definitely one of the um the most iconic lines in the history of the show for sure absolutely and look the funny um the funniest part of the whole pretzels are making me thirsty bit was um just when george says it now not the time he yells it out the window but when, when they're practicing says, yeah yeah i've got a line in a woody allen movie and george says yes and Kramer's like you, you don't know how to act <laughs> how good is it <laughs> These it's not like you are making me thirsty. Yeah, it's not like no, that. That's bad. It's like no, you, you don't know how to act. That is a good one, still. Yeah. One of my favorites. But what were your favorite moments? Because I've mentioned that the car rental. That's definitely my favorite scene. I just absolutely adore that. What, yeah. what, what, what about yourself? Oh, well, like I said, you don't know how to act. I thought that was just hilarious, and also the re- yeah the the reservation bit uh, was. Also, we get to mention it. the um the fake conversation. It's the, it's like when you go to the deli and they're like, mm. you're like, oh, do you want any more of that chicken meat? They're like, oh, let's go at the back and have a look. I'm like, have a look at them, would you? Going out the back there. <laughs> <laughs> Standing in the cool room. I love the car thief. I thought the car thief was just fantastic. Yeah. Who was Larry David? <laughs> oh, of course it was. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, when they when he actually calls it, I mean, that's also just a really, it's a good idea. Yeah. Like, what about your car phone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, car phones, were they, they they were a thing or was that something that the, the, only the, the elite had in 1990? Oh, I think they were on the way in. It wasn't okay. quite, oh, my God, a phone in your car? That's so insane. But it's like, it's not everybody's got them. <laughs> so, um, but I love that 
did you steal my car? I did. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't know it was yours. <laughs> it's just, just very open. All that conversation was just fantastic. I really, really liked it. I feel like you would have really liked Sid as well. I did like Sid. <laughs> but I also liked how George was always on the lookout for like the next hustle. You know, he's like, oh, what? You can make money moving the cars? And then the minute he hears about a Woody, what? What he's filming? <laughs> like he thinks he can get in, get in on that. He's yeah. just like, so hungry or so thirsty for just like, Oh, what's something I can do to make some money? Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia. But before we get into trivia for the alternate side, we, of course, need to read out the names of our beloved $20 patrons here on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel, kicking off with our man, Andrew Zerr, followed by Jared Howard, Christopher Trent Darby, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan, Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Grandskipper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you guys so much for your support. Remember, if you want to get early ad-free access to this show and all the other shows we do here on Four Finger Discount Network, access to our exclusive Four Finger Discount community on Facebook, Zoom calls with Guy and myself on a monthly basis, prize draws, and much, much more. Just go to patreon.com slash discount where for as little as one single dollar we do per month, you can support the show and help us grow this empire. All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia. Your first question is what? My first question is, what is Jerry's car phone number? 55583833. That is very correct. Correct. Awesome. I had that as one of my questions. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my first question is, George is wearing a black and white top in the opening scene when they walk into Jerry's apartment. What does it say on the front? Cross it off. Broadway bound. Well done. <laughs> uh, how old is Owen March? 66. Correct. My next question is, how much was the damage to the car in the end? What did it cost? $2,866. Yes. 66 playing a role again. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sid's sister lives in which state? Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what car does Jerry actually get? Blue Ford Escort. Blue Ford Escort, correct. That is trivia for the alternate side. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our in-depth review of the episode. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Talking Seinfeld, you can support the show on Patreon, where not only will you get early ad-free access to the show, but you also get access to hours of bonus podcasts, access to our exclusive Facebook community, and so much more. So join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She's literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 
The original air date of the alternate side was December 4th, 1991. It was written by Larry David and Bill Masters and directed by Tom Sharonez. Tom Sharonez. <laughs> the episode kicks off with some stand-up discussing car alarms. I like this. Car alarms overreacting. It's very true. <laughs> just go crazy. He's like, I just want a calm one. He's like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the episode kicks off with Jerry and George. They get home and Jerry's fuming because his car's been stolen. Have you ever had your car stolen? One time... I left for work. This is back when I worked at Ford, so I'd have to leave at 6.30 in the morning to get to work, and it was dark. So when we were renting in Carayo, and Nicola was driving just an ex, uh, Hyundai XL at the time, I was driving my, my Ford Falcon. I remember getting into my car, drove to work, and Nicola's like, you notice something missing when you went out the front today? I was like, no, what? She goes, my car? I was like, no. shit, you're right. There was no car next to my car. <laughs> <laughs> and we found it. Some 12-year-olds took it for a joyride. Oh, my God. Did they... Damage it in any way, or they fu- they they because it was a manual, they fucked up the gearbox. Yeah, Oof. 12 year olds, yeah, fucking 12 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, yeah, I've had like, have you had your car stolen or anything of anything of significant value been stolen from you? Just my heart, yeah, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> but you had your car broken into, right? I did, yeah, the back window was broken, and um. I don't think much was taken. Maybe a couple of <laughs> a couple of tapes, a couple of cassette tapes, and uh, and a cap. I, like, I remember oh, my oh. car got broken into and they smashed the side window to get into it. And the insurance guys were just like, nah, this is a setup. I was like, it's not, mate. I'd much prefer if my window wasn't broken. They're like, what would they take? I'm like, there was nothing in the car. They're like, oh, right. if you say so. I'm like, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm not pulling an Ocean's Eleven scam on you. Yeah, <laughs> for this shit. George is like, they're discussing, how do you start a car? You cross the wires. Cross the wires. How do they do it? I can't even make a pot of spaghetti. <laughs> it's true though. I, must I have- see like movies and they just get the wires and go, bzz, bzz. I'm like, how? How does this work? How do you do this? I have no idea how to hot wire a car, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm always astonished by that. Like, th- that made a lot of sense. But cross the wires, what? I like the discussion of the, the who did. They did. Because <laughs> it's always they this, they that, who? Ah, just they, they. You know, um, Kramer's walking, he says, Don't bother calling the police, they won't do anything. Just call the car <laughs> phone company. Gonna, what are they going to do? And George says, Don't call the car phone company, just call your car phone. George's like, Oh, I guess I could try it. Calls it straight away, thief. As I said, it's Larry Damon. What do I say if he picks up? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this 5558383? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you steal my car? Yes, I did. You did? I did. But that's my car. I didn't know it was yours. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. Drive around. Then can I have it back? Mm, No, I'm going to keep it. Hello? Yeah, who's this? Kramer. Hello, Kramer. Listen, there's a pair of gloves in the glove compartment. Wait, hold it. Brown ones? Yeah. Listen, could you mail those to me? Or bring them by my building. It's 129 West 81st Street. Okay. Uh, Thanks a lot. Uh, Here's Jerry. Gloves. Hello? Jerry? Yeah, let me ask you a question. How do you cross those wires? I didn't cross any wires. The keys were in it. Sid left the keys in the car. All right, I got to go. Drive carefully.
I love how casual the thief is. Yeah, I thought it was very clever. It's just, it's just, why would you not do that? Why would not it be the first thing you do? Call your car. Call your car. It's like when you, you when you've, um, <laughs> when you've left your phone somewhere. It's like, but how am I going to call my phone if I don't have my phone? It's like you got to get another phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where Jerry explains to um to George who Sid is and what Sid's job is. Is to move the cars from one side of the road to the other. They pay fifty bucks a month to do it, so you don't get any parking tickets. Kramer's like, you know, he only works three hours a day. He makes a fortune. As you were saying earlier, George, cha-ching, instantly. I want to buy this. I want in. This is where Sid arrives and he's feeling so sad. I mean, I would be so shattered if I if my job was to just move someone's car and I left the keys in the car and the car was stolen. You'd be oh, so yeah. embarrassed. Though. Maybe I'm getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> you, had, you had one job. <laughs> yeah, but just old Sid just reminds me. It's like, we've all had, we've all got this one person in our lives much like Sid. You know, he's just... He's just Takes no shit. Oh, maybe I'm just getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> just just the, the attitude he gives George later, I really enjoy as well. But um, he blames that damn Woody Allen movie because he's just so busy and so so manic. And Kramer says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an extra in that. And I just love how <laughs> George is like so angry that no, yeah. everything just seems to fall into place for Kramer. <laughs> you know, I'm in that movie. Do what? Yeah, I'm an extra. How'd you get that? Well, I was just watching him film yesterday and some guy just asked me. Right out of the clear blue sky? Clear blue sky. <laughs> well, why don't they ask me? I got a quality. Right out of the clear blue sky. Clear blue sky. <laughs> just, the clear blue sky. Just the, Michael Rich is just, the delivery of lines is just perfect. Mm. And Jerry says, he's going to have to hire a car. And Sid says, look, I'm going to go visit my sister in Virginia for a week. And we get the next Wednesday discussion. We've all been here. There's always that one person that tries to correct you. It's like, which one, when you say next Sunday, do you mean this Sunday or next Sunday? It's like, well, technically, this Sunday is next Sunday. Fuck off. You know yeah. what I meant. <laughs> Sid is in the right here, though. <laughs> George then asks, well, when you're away, who's going to move the cars? And Sid explains to him, well, no one. I just love him. He's like, I don't care. Move the own damn cars. <laughs> like, well, you should probably explain to people, mate. If you're just going to disappear for a week. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be hitting parking fines all over the shop. You seem so sort of dedicated before. He says, um, you know, maybe I can, Josh says, maybe I can do it. He's like, well, what, you get no job? I'm in a bit of a transition phase right now. <laughs> it's kind of where I am right now. I'm just in a bit of a transition phase. And he's like, just don't forget to take the keys out. And then the uh, the thief calls back. because He wants to know where the de- defrost button is. <laughs> <laughs> We're now at the car rental. And need I say more? I just love this. But before we get to the actual scene, Elaine's describing... Uh, that she's just in awe of, of, of Owen March's in- intellect, you know. Yeah. I've Owen March, I've never heard of him. Well, he's not a baseball player. And she, <laughs> it just, she drops the bombshell of him being 66 years old just before uh, Jerry gets called up. The opening line here was great. Now, I ordered a mid-range. She's a small. Small. <laughs> <laughs> this scene just felt like you're watching it and it just you can tell it's it was fun to film. You can just yeah. tell these two are having a ball. I think you can tell it was fun to write. Yeah. As well, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it's almost the perfect Seinfeld scene. It's like, it's what we love Seinfeld for. It's just, it's it's things that happen in real life. It's so, yeah. so funny. But just the, you know, you, you, uh, he's really good. You'd really like him. Why do people say that? I hate everybody. Why would I like him? It's really the best encapsulation of Jerry as well as just a person yeah. as a character that we've, that we've seen, I think, to date. I hate yeah. everybody, so why would I like him? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and would, would you date a 66-year-old? She'd have to be really vibrant. <laughs> and then we get the no mid-size available. Just, I, 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 I've already discussed, I'm just going to play the clip. Well, I'm 
I'm sorry, we have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Oh, yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. <laughs> if you did, I'd have a car. <laughs> See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. There you go. Does Seinfeld get <laughs> funnier than that? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> we'll find out as we you know, do for future episodes. But that's setting the bar pretty high. It's really very, very funny. Very smart. It's great, yeah. And the, just going to speak with the supervisor. The, the supervisor. <laughs> just, it's just, because I used to do this when people would say, oh, do you have any more shortcut bacon? When I was working in the deli, I'll go check in the in the, um, in the cool room. Really, I was going into the cool room to just eat some meat. <laughs> I came back and I'm like, no, no, no. And then you get that one bitch of a co-worker. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's on the second shelf. And I'm like, fuck. All right, I'll go have another look. <laughs> and then I'm like, sorry. And then there's that, that walk of shame when you come back with it after you've just told the person you've gone and looked for it and you couldn't find it. That was the worst. But yeah, so just Jerry and Elaine mocking them as they're, they're having that real conversation back there was very, very funny. And just that, yeah, you better give me the insurance because I'm going to beat the hell out of this thing. It's just the perfect way to end that scene, isn't it? It's, it's great. Indeed. Because you're like, that's how you want to get back at the company. It's like, you fucked up my reservation. This is how I'm going to pay you back. And that scene ends with, um, obviously, with Jerry and Elaine discussing um, that, you know, as long as you like him, that's the most important thing. I, I, I really enjoy being around him. Cuts to Jerry's apartment. I just don't enjoy being with him anymore. And um, she says she's going to have to, you have to, break, up to uh, break up with him. Does it have to be face-to-face? How many dates? Seven dates? Yeah, I could have let you go of six, but yeah, mm. it's, it's got to be face to face. I think even like less. If you've been on like three dates with somebody, you can't break up over a phone. Mm, that's a yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I've 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 always tended to try to do it face to face, unless it's been like one date. And you just don't, you just don't reply. You just delete their number and block them. Have you ever done that? Just like block somebody? Um, I think it re- I think there was at least one re- relationship where Reese's age was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry, completely disengaging from this. this <laughs> you know, I'm just, it's just a torrent of bad behavior and bad vibes. So, no. I really liked the, um, the acting here where he's like, unless there was no sex and she just doesn't reply. It's just a very sly way of asking. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and Warren have actually been intimate. Yes, exactly. And George. Bursting past Kramer, he's freaking out. His hair's all over the place. He's had a shit day. And just, yeah, I, I, just, I, I think this scene's great. So this is where um, Kramer says that Woody laughed at him when they were, because um, he tripped over when they were on the set. Mm. And now he's got a line. And, and George's like, you got a line in a Woody Allen film? Well, you just cannot believe it. But I love that Kramer's, I got a new career in my hands. You mean a career. A career. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, then let's see. Uh, what are we talking about? 1991 here? Yep. Yeah, it's time when you know, Woody Allen was still you know, pretty prestigious. <laughs> Elaine asked if, uh, if Mia Farrow was there. I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> Which angers George even more. He's like, that son of a bitch. Like, hey, this guy, this guy's got a line in, the, in a Woody Allen film. And then his line is, these pretzels are making me thirsty. And <laughs> they all try to act it out. And as you are saying earlier, oh, you just don't know how to act. Craven's <laughs> not an actor. He's just telling George. Yeah. Oh, this, this is just—it's really, really. Think of it is he's right though. George's George's reading of that line is terrible. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very bad. But I love that Jerry 
just holds his nose after George says it. <laughs> That's a stinker. <laughs> that. That's good. That's a stinker, yeah. Elaine then goes to break up with Owen. So then George is then obviously still like, he's annoyed that they didn't like his um his, his delivery. You know, we, we don't know the pretzel guy. You know, um, what's, what's been going on in his life? You know, you, we've got to tell me a bit about him. <laughs> and then he just yells at the people on the street. Then Elaine arrives at Joey's apartment with Owen, who um who has taken it hard, as Joey puts it. <laughs> He's um he has passed out and um yeah, before she could break up with him. So basically she's fucked. She wanted to break up with him and now she can't. So now she's stuck in a situation. And this is where we get the I Love Lucy esque just wacky scene where they're trying to wake him up. They don't even know what they're doing. It's like yeah, it was it get, get his, some blood flow to his extremities? What's an extremity? <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? I don't know. I don't know. What should we do? We called an ambulance. Does anyone know first aid? Shouldn't you do something with the extremities? What extremities? Well, well, what's an extremity? Well, you, you, you raise the feet, get blood to the head. Oh, you raise the head, you get blood to the feet. <laughs> okay, what about a cold compress? They always do that. I don't have a washcloth. Well, use a paper towel. You can't put a paper towel on his head. What about a big sponge? How are you going to hold it on there? Use a belt. No, 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 no. Should we walk him around? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen him do that. No, no, that's for a drug overdose. Well, maybe that's what he's got. No, 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 Kramer, I just had lunch with him. He didn't leave the table. Well, he could have dropped acid when you weren't looking. <laughs> he is not a drug addict. Hey, you know what? Maybe he's a diabetic. He might just need a cookie or something. <gasps> a cookie? Can you give him a cookie? How's he gonna chew it? We'll move his teeth. It happened to my uncle. The, the sugar revived him. Careful, you're getting crumbs all over. Him. I got him chewing, but I don't think he's going to swallow. You know what? Let's put a few cookies in a blender and he could drink it. Cookies don't liquefy. Yes, they do. You can liquefy a cookie. All right, I'll get a blender. What blender? I don't have a blender. You got a blender? I would know if I had a blender. Where is the ambulance? Not a very Seinfeld-y uh, moment, but, but just it just shows how talented this crew are. They can do anything. Yeah, oh, it's very anti-scribble comedy stuff that I think they've done little bits of in the past, but not to this degree, I don't think. And it all really, it all really works. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah. I love it when the, the paramedics eventually show up and you hear from cookies, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but before that, though, Jerry's on the phone with, uh, with 911. The paramedics then arrive. You know, i got to tell you, he's a pretty good-looking guy. I know. Those eyebrows could use a trimming. Did you ever mention that? Almost. I mean, because, come on, they're running wild. It's not an easy thing to bring up. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you should see his bathrobe, man. It's all silk. Yeah? Does he wear slippers? I bet he wears slippers. He does. How'd you know that? I tell. I just thought it was great. The paramedic then enters, uh, enters and he says that the intersection was gridlocked because there's a, a, a crashed car outside and it turns out to be Jerry's rent car And then we got, like, as you're saying, who put cookies in his mouth? <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. George got distracted by the Woody Allen film. We got distracted, or was it just Woody Allen in general he got distracted by? I think it was just by Woody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Kramer says that Woody is very angry at the moron in the blue jacket. <laughs> Kramer says... He's like, he's friends of Woody now. Because George is like upset. He's like, I, I upset Woody? He's like, I'll bring it up with him that, you, that you're sorry. He puts his, put, puts his glasses on. Then we get a bit of a stand-up routine here about first aid 100 years ago. What was first aid 100 years ago? Just the first guy to rock up? Because there was no such thing as a medical procedure. I mean, I can't help, but I'm the first one here. Then we get Sid. And he's very annoyed at George. He's fucked up his business. 
People have been calling up and cancelling. You know, no more sense than a... How can you not do this job properly? No more sense than putting on a pair of pants. Who's putting your pants on? Pants on. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of um of Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. You act like a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole sad story about the sister down at Virginia. Oh, I know, right? Can't send money to the nephew who needs foot surgery. <laughs> George's like, maybe I can call my father. <laughs> <laughs> Kramer then brings in the newspaper Have you seen this? Well no Since it's my paper <laughs> And Jerry reads the article about Owen's stroke And the extent of the damage Wouldn't have been so severe Had the paramedics been able to reach him sooner But I also enjoyed Kramer's like His friend You're the friend <laughs> He was at a friend's apartment You're the friend <laughs> And they've delayed the production Of the Woody Allen movie As a result as well and Woody now wonders if his days of shooting movies in New York are over. See, I didn't realise all of his movies were in New York, so I can understand mm. now why that would have been a big deal at the time. So we're back at the um, at the rental place, and Jerry thinks he's going to be dropping off this um, this beat-up car. Uh, Elaine's still annoyed that, you know, I almost said it. I was five seconds away from breaking up with him, and now I've got to commute to his place and help feed him and blah, blah, blah. And just, oh, I can't break up with him now because I look too bad. And then the um, the worker gives Jerry the uh, the estimate of the damage, 2866. I like how he took it. He goes, yes. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Hi, I, I called before uh, my car got smashed. So listen, what should I do? I mean, if I break up with him now, it'll look like I'm abandoning him because of his condition. I'll be ostracized from the community. What community? There's a community? Of course there's a community. All these years, I'm living in a community. I had no idea. So the estimate on the damage to your car is $2,866. I got the insurance and everything, so... Yes, now, you know. uh, in your report, you said that you were not the driver of the car at the time of the accident. That is right. It was somebody else's driving. All right, well, sir, you're only covered for when you're driving the car. Mm-hmm. What's that? You're not covered for other drivers. Other drivers? Mm-hmm. Your whole business is based on other drivers. It's a rented car. That's who's driving it. Other drivers. Doesn't my credit card cover me or something? Uh, not that particular one. Well, I got a I hundred cards. Here, here. Pick a card. Take a card. Any card you want. Go ahead. Whichever one. I don't care. Really, sir, if you had read the rental agreement... Did you see you the size that... of that document? It's like the Declaration of Independence. Who's going to read that? As it stands right now, you are not covered for that damage. And there is absolutely nothing that can be done about that. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Then we get Elaine feeding Owen. It was so demoralized. I felt so sorry for the guy here. I was like, oh, man. Oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just the conversation she's having with the guy, though, with, uh, with Owen, just felt like the conversation you have with your hairdresser. It's like, can you just cut my fucking hair? I don't want the chit-chat. <laughs> isn't it? Yankee bean. Why Yankee bean, huh? Don't they have beans in the South? I mean, if you order Yankee bean in the South, are they offended? Huh? <laughs> Yankee bean, Yankee bean, I like my Yankee have to talk. I, I mean, uh, I have to talk. <laughs> it would be nice if uh, we could, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I like coming here and uh, feeding you and 
cleaning a little and paying your bills. I mean, that's good stuff. Good stuff. <clears throat> I have a wonderful time when I'm with you. Wonderful. But at this point in my life, I'm not really sure that I'm ready to make a commitment to one person. I'm just not really sure that we have enough in common. I mean, for example, I like running in the park, bicycling, roller skating, tennis, and uh, skiing. And, um, well, I'm gonna be brutally honest with you now. Um, it's a bitch to get here. It's two subways. I have to transfer at 42nd Street to take the double R. Anyway, I mean, this doesn't mean we can't be friends. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. So we're now at Monk's. And Elaine asks, can you die from an odour because the smell of the subway is just horrific? And have you ever been on the subway in New York? I don't recall it ever smelling bad. I recall the subway in, I'm not sure if it's actually called the subway, but the subway equivalent in Paris smelt like piss really bad. The metro, yeah. Um, I, the only time, I've only been to New York once and I spent a bit of time on the subway. I'm like, oh, I'm in New York, can I ride the subway? Yeah. You know, if you go to New York and don't take the subway, you didn't go to New York. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't recall it smelling like pee or B.O. or even that bad. It was just, I don't know, this is a, yeah, it's a subway Catching station. Yeah, I um. The only thing I remember from the subway is, of course, the story of where I um got ripped. Well, Nicola and I got ripped off because I believe this guy when he fucked up the um, he broke the card machine and then sold us dodgy cards. I've told that story numerous times. Uh, you you know the story I'm talking about, right? You've told me numerous times. <laughs> yes, yeah, when when Nicola stands up to the guy, but also, and I've told this podcast, I told this story on the podcast as well, when the guy I thought was about to pull out a gun, but he pulled out like a begging plate. Oh. Asking for money, but he just the look on his face. I'm sitting there next to Nicola, and that was the only point, besides in Las Vegas at one point in time, where I, the idea of someone having a gun even entered my mind. I know when I first went to America, I, rem- I remember thinking, oh, it's going to be so sort of uh, confronting and intimidating knowing that anyone around me could have a, a gun on them. But it never entered my mind at all. Maybe because I was at the tourist locations, I don't know. But there was just, yeah, this one guy came on and just sort of looked around all suspiciously and I was like, oh, what's this guy up to? And then he put his hand in his jacket and I was like, I remember grabbing Nicola's, oh hand, in, grabbed Nicola's hand in fear and he just pulled out this this plate and he was just like, can I have your attention, ladies and gentlemen? I am blah, blah, blah. And he gave this big spiel and then he got kicked off because it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have given him but, some money? Um, I, he was, he was, the way he approached it just come across like, who do you think you are, buddy? <laughs> Even though he's the homeless guy, but it just—he just had that attitude of "you owe me." That tone oh, in his voice, okay. and I was like, oh, "I don't know." But in, as I've said before, in San Francisco, there was a homeless dude who had a dog, and it bothered me. So I got out of our apartment, went down to the um, the Walgreens, the little Walgreens there, and bought some bought a, a, a sub sandwich for him and a tin of dog food for the dog, and gave it to him, and went back to him. I was just like, "The poor dog." <laughs> The, 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 dog's, the dog is a great tactic when you're homeless. The dog is an incredibly good tactic. I'm sure it provides, you know, friendship and companionship, maybe even a bit of security. But it's also, yeah, you can take care of yourself, buddy, but look after that dog. Here's five bucks. 
the dog is that chocolate icing on top of the cake. It's like that little bit extra that you, you that, that makes that that sells you on the cake. But um, but anyway, getting back to uh, Good Otis and monks. <laughs> and, uh, Elaine says she saw Owen at the forty second subway. She bumped into him. <laughs> And he just said to her, well, well, I was just using you for sex. And I thought, <laughs> at least that makes up for the fact that that last scene was very, not, oh, it was slightly uncomfortable. It was slightly uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> and that's the reason why Jerry says that he, um, the whole stroke scenario, he didn't like it. And that's why this is his least favorite episode ever. And still to this day, he doesn't like it. And I can understand why. George says that, um, well, George tries to take the bill. Oh, it's, it's the least I can do, you know. Oh, also, let's not, let's not forget that, um, yeah, when uh, Elaine's talking about the uh, smell on the subway, George automatically thinks it's him. Did he? I didn't notice that. Well, did he smell himself? Did he? He's like, do I smell? Oh, I did. I didn't. I missed that bit. Okay, <laughs> I thought, George thinks everything's about him. Yeah, <laughs> everything. It's great. <laughs> but Kramer then arrives and he says he got fired because he slammed the glass too hard on the um, bench and a bit of glass. I guess a bit of glass must have hit Woody and he started crying. <laughs> And um, and then he throws those gloves on the table, and Jerry's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" So got his gloves got in contact, back. Got in contact with the car thief, and um, got his gloves back. Yes. So yeah, overall, I thought this was just last from start to finish, a good mixture of different comedy styles that you don't get all that often in Seinfeld. You don't very get the uh, as I compared it before to the Lucy Show esque physical kind of comedy. I know yeah. Michael Richards does have a lot of physical comedy. His whole his whole shtick is physical comedy, but working as a what would you, how would you describe it? It's almost just like a, a chaotic scenario where it's not just someone falling over like Michael Richards usually does. It's like, quick, let's let's make him do this and quick, fill his mouth full of cookies and all that kind of craziness. Yeah, it's all happening. Everything's it's just very, panic. very antic. Yeah, antic and panicky. Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, it's yeah. good to see other cast members get into that. I mean, I think Jason Alexander has a bit of a an untapped gift for physical comedy as well. Not not as broad as Michael Richards is. I mean, Michael Richards tends to, you know, go very broad with his choices, but I think George has a, uh, Jason Alexander has a great physicality as George. And he wasn't even in that scene. No. <laughs> Which is just goes to show how the strength of this cast. But I think what George for me is, or Jason should say, is very good at appearing stressed. You know, the hair being frizzed up. Yeah. And he's just very good at just portraying stress. I feel, if you're thinking of someone who does stress in a comedic way, I think you go to Jason Alexander. Just it's, it's the best. Very much so. Absolutely. So, yeah, overall. And also, I want to just throw another mention in there for, um, for Jerry. I thought Jerry was just in his element in this episode. He really, um, that, that fucking rental scene was just the best. It's a, it's a really good episode. The ultimate it side, yeah. Really, I'd, 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 yeah. I'd forgotten about it. I didn't. I've, I didn't know it was the pretzels are making me thirsty episode. So that was yeah. A, yeah um, it, catch, it catches you off guard, didn't you? Like, oh yeah, it's this one. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so because there's so much other good stuff in it, and uh, yeah, it, it, as we were saying earlier, for the pretzels line to be the one that sort of emerged from this episode as no, that's what people are going to be talking. about. like, really? Because you know, it's about it's way down the list of stuff that's good about the uh, the alternate side. I guess the reason it kind of stuck was that the whole purpose of that line in this episode was every person was given their own version of the delivery. So sure. then everyone who watched the show would give their own interpretation of the line. I guess that's how it kind of stuck, but still, it's not the funniest line, but it's, I guess that's why it's the most memorable. But anyway. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Mr. Davis, it is time for some mailbag. Oh. We have reached deep into the mailbag here. I've picked out a doozy. So, uh, TalkingSeinfeld at gmail.com. If you do have a message or a question for us, TalkingSeinfeld at gmail.com, do please continue to send in your questions. So, this one here comes from Jimmy S. And Jimmy says, Hey, gents, 
I know it's already happened, but one of my favourite George moments is him returning to the job he had already quit. Have you ever thought about just getting out of your chair and quitting your job? I did it four years ago when I worked at an advertising agency, felt very empowered, then I had instant regret the second I got to my car. And I wondered <laughs> if I could just pull a George and just return back after my lunch break. Thankfully, I didn't, as I started a bricky, tra- a bricky trade, fell in love with my boss's daughter, and now we're set to be married in November. Keep up the great work with the podcast. What a good story. Jimmy, <laughs> you keep up the good work with the, with the brick laying and the other laying. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great story, man. Um, well, we of course all know about uh, you know Dando's great escape from the uh, from the nine to five, <laughs> and now he's doing now he's doing the eight to eight. <laughs> I just got there one day and went, I'm done, <laughs> I'm finished, and then I got the phone call a few days later. Do you want to finish tomorrow? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have no no ill 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 feelings towards my previous employer of course but um but yeah i am in a better position now than i've ever been so if you are able to do what i've done and get out of the nine to five it doesn't work for everybody but my goodness as he, as, he, as jimmy said he felt empowered and i also felt that instant regret i went oh no okay so now how am i going to do this what am i supposed to do and then the, my little angel on my shoulder that was the devil actually no would it be the, who, who would be the, the angel and the devil in this scenario would the devil be telling me to go back to my job or telling me to to go, go for my dreams. What would the devil do in that scenario? I think the devil is telling you to go back to the nine to five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't take a chance on yourself. Go back to it. Go back. Yes, go back to the devil. But yeah, my common sense got the, got the better of me. And I went, no, you're leaving because you know you can do this. And hmm. here we are, Mr. Davis. We're doing it. We're doing it. And of course, if you want to help us continue to do it, you can contribute to the Four Finger Discount Patreon supply at patreon.com slash discount. This podcast is obviously brought to you by the Four Finger Discount Network, which we created several, several years ago. And we've got plenty of other shows here on the on the channel. We've got uh, Talking Seinfeld. We've got the one about friends going down to South Park. And of course, Four Finger Discount. Plus, if you are a patron, you get access to our Futurama podcast, Tales of Futurama. Uh, you also get access to the movie guys where we review one current and one retro film each and every month we just chucked up our review of mrs doubtfire so check that out as well as access to the facebook group and prize draws and just zoom calls and so much more but if you don't want to you know commit to a monthly subscription you can also just chuck us a donation on paypal which is four discount at outlook.com five dollars or more gets you a shout out on the podcast as well all right, Mr. Davis, that has been... Oh, have you? Have you ever quit a nine-to-five? You've never worked a nine-to-five, have you? Really? I have, yeah. Um, I did quit one. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> I got chewed out by my uh, by my boss, by my editor. Uh, justifiably so. I mean, I sort of half-assed a story or half-assed the reporting of it and got chewed out in front of the newsroom. And I'm like... Can you tell me the half-assed? Like, what did you do? Oh, it was this... Um, it was a presentation of some. Uh, God, this is how much I have asked. I don't really remember. I don't know. There was some like a, a presentation down at a hotel down at the waterfront, and you know they were you know passing around canapes and all that kind of stuff. And you know he had a glass of champagne and all that kind of business. And I don't think I talked to all the people I needed to talk to. I sort of was like, yeah, "This is a nice function." I've got you know a few quotes from a few people, and the editor was actually there, and he saw that I was just you know not really into it, and just yeah gave it to me in front in, at the in party front of, or back at the back. Of no, the no, work. in front of the newsroom. Okay, yeah. in front of like all the other journo's. And I'm really, like, and when did you say got into you? Like how how full on? Oh, yelling and um, really yeah, basically yeah yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't you know sort of 
arc up because I knew he was in the right. But uh, at the same time, I was like, I mean, I was, I'd been there for about a year or so, and I'm like, I don't think this is really for me anyway. And I think that was probably the the impetus, like, yeah, I don't think you want me here. I don't think I want to be here either. So I'm just, I think I'm going to go back to doing what I what I am good at, which was entertainment journalism. And honestly, not long after that, um, I got head well, not headhunted, but I got approached for a job at this other place, and kept working for the uh, the paper that I was working for, just not as a um, as a general journal. And started my quote unquote brilliant career writing about TV and movies. Wow, hey. that's where yeah. it all began. That's not where it all began, but it's where yeah, it really sort of gathered speed. Yeah, yeah. It, it comes to the point in your life where you just got to go. What am I good at? What am I? What do I most enjoy? And that's what you mm. got to follow. I'm well, glad you did because that's how you ended up following the road to me. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it's the long road that brought us together. That is right. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed our review of The Alternate Side. Hope you're enjoying Talking Seinfeld in general. The next episode of Talking Seinfeld, we shall be reviewing The Red Dot. This one's a good one. This one is a good one. I am looking forward to sinking our teeth into that one. All right, Mr. Davis, that has been our review of The Alternate Side. Don't forget, guys, to please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do find this podcast, because we only had a couple, only had several uh, ratings on on the Apple Podcast page, so we need to boost up those rankings. So the best way for people to find the show is for iTunes to suggest it to other people. So continue to please rate and review us. If you do have a spare few moments, leave some kind words so that people can go, oh, yeah, I trust this user. They know what they're talking about. I'm going to listen to Talking Seinfeld. (laughs) All right, guys, this has been our review said of the ultimate side hope you enjoyed it mr davis any final words for those incredible listeners out there well what else could it be but this podcast is making me thirsty